Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Today, in just a few moments, we're going to celebrate communion together. And I want you to know that today is different by design. Can you say by design? By design. Today is intentionally different. And here's what I mean. Today, communion is the message. Today, communion is the message. We're, we're going to pause. We're going to intentionally slow down. We've been in this series now for four weeks where we've been talking about rhythms. We've been focused these last number of weeks on the rhythm of rest. Our emphasis has been on Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says, hey, if anybody's tired or weary, come to me and I will give. Can you say give? I will give you rest. Rest, it's a gift. It's not something we can earn. It's not something we can deserve. And today I want to talk about one of the most significant aspects of us actually experiencing rest, and it draws our attention to communion. So right now I'm going to invite some of our ushers and host team, they're going to come and begin to pass out the communion elements, and I'm going to ask that you hold on to those for a few minutes until we partake together. Today, before we celebrate communion, I want us to actually go all the way back to the Old Testament, to the book of Exodus. You see, in in the book of Exodus, we're reminded that God's people in Israel, they served as slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. And they cried out to God for freedom, and God answered their cry. But part of the freedom that they experienced came through a series of plagues that God brought against Egypt. One of those plagues was the final one, the tenth plague. And this plague was to to actually bring down, to, to kill every firstborn in each household. But God gave his people a promise. And this is significant. God said, here's what I want my people to do. I want you to take your household and I want you to find a lamb that is spotless and I want you to sacrifice that lamb. And I know as as modern readers and modern listeners, we, we hear that and we go, man, what was all that sacrifice about? Seems so crazy. It seems so gruesome. But understand this. That was such a common practice back then amongst all of the nations, but God is doing something intentional. God is distinguishing himself from other gods. He says, here's what I want you to do. After you sacrifice that lamb, I want you to take some of the blood from this lamb, and I want you to apply it to the doorpost of your home. And as this plague breaks out, here's what will happen. Every home that has marked their doorposts with this blood, that wrath will actually pass over them. And that's where the institution for the people of Israel 
became of this Passover feast that would be celebrated once a year. Why? Because they wanted to go back to the moment where God not only set their ancestors free from slavery, but God also delivered their ancestors from experiencing death. All because this step of faith, check this out, this step of faith of applying the blood of the lamb to the doorpost of their home. Now fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus is with his disciples on the night that he was going to be betrayed. And he decided to bring his disciples together for a meal. We just sang about it a moment ago. Let's share a meal. He shares a specific meal, an important meal with his disciples. What was the meal? It was the Passover meal. And in the midst of this, the disciples are being reminded of what God did for their ancestors. And now Jesus, in the midst of this meal, he takes bread and he breaks it. He takes a cup and he says that there's a new covenant. You see, in this journey of us looking at rhythms, I think communion is such an important rhythm for us as followers of Jesus. Why? Because it should force us to rest. To rest in what, though? I'm going to get to that in a moment. But I want us to turn our attention to some of Paul's words in the book of 1 Corinthians. Paul writes to a letter, a letter to a church gathered in the city of Corinth. In this church, it had some issues. There was some division going on, especially when they got together to celebrate what was called the Lord's Supper or what we call communion. Other people, maybe you've heard it referred to as the Eucharist, which means to give thanks. As the church was coming together for this celebration, the very thing that was meant to unify them was actually creating division. Why? Because there were some wealthy people and some poor people. And in the midst of all of this division, in the midst of all of this wealth, these wealthy people would show up for the Lord's Supper. And I mean, they had excess. And they enjoyed it all to themselves. In fact, things are so out of control that Paul says, listen, some of you, you're getting drunk during communion. How many know that's a crazy church service right there? Excess, And then there's the poor who don't even have enough to celebrate themselves. And Paul's saying, you're, you're missing the point. You're, you're rushing to accomplish your own agenda. No, communion brings us back to a few things. And listen, Life Center, it's so important for us not just to rush through communion. Why? Because it invites us to rest. Rest in what? Well, there's a few things, but I want to start in verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul writes these words, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. Paul had received by direct revelation from Jesus the significance. Here's why that's important. Jesus was the original host of the Lord's Supper. And Jesus is wanting to see his followers continue in this. And so Jesus is reminding Paul and saying, Paul, listen, I want you to help equip the church so that they can continue to practice this correctly. It's, a, it's significant. It's important. And that original host, Jesus, he still welcomes us to join him at his table today. 
That's what we're doing. It says, on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Can you say for you? Understand, when we celebrate communion, and we think about the body broken, we need to understand it's, it's for me. It's for you. Friend, it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. His body was given for us. What does that mean? It means that it gives us a chance to pause when we celebrate communion and look back. Look back at what? To look back at the cross. See, Jesus allowed his body to be broken. Jesus paid the penalty we deserve. He accomplished for us what we could not accomplish. And I have good news for each and every one of us today who have put our trust in Jesus. Our debt has been paid in full. So when we look back, we remember no more shame, no more condemnation. I'm a son, I'm a daughter of the king. But when I come to this table, I need to pause and I need to look back and remember. Jesus says, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When we take time to do this in remembrance of him, we're remembering his substitutionary work for us. He became our substitute on the cross. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, Jeremiah prophesied that there was a time coming where the Lord would establish a new covenant between he and his people. And Jeremiah said this, this covenant will be different because God would actually write his law on the hearts of his people. And here's what Jesus is saying. The time is now. This is the fulfillment What we've been looking forward to, this new covenant is available right now. And here's how this covenant is available. It's confirmed, it's sealed in my blood. It's a new covenant, it's agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death. Again, we look back. You're announcing the Lord's death until he comes Again, As we come to the Lord's table today, we, we not only look back, but here's the good news. We also look ahead. Can you say look ahead? Here's why this is significant. Our king is coming again. And someday, listen, someday he will set all things right. These bodies will be transformed. No more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering. And so in communion, we, we look back, but friends, I have good news because our king is coming again. He will set all things right. And as we celebrate communion, we, we don't just look back, we, we look ahead. We celebrate. Jesus is coming again. Paul continues. So anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily, is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let me pause there for a moment. Paul doesn't say that communion's only for worthy people. I want to remind us, communion is not for perfect people. Communion is for 
forgiven people. But when he talks about unworthily, he's talking about an attitude, a mindset, where it's not the right heart. It says anyone who, who partakes in that manner, you're actually guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread and drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. What does that mean? Well, when we come to partake of communion, we we look back, we look ahead, but friends, we also have to pause and take a moment and look in. We have to examine ourselves. Anybody beside me ever been guilty of deceiving yourself? Convincing yourself you're better than you actually are? Convincing yourself you got it all together, it's all their issue? You see, as long as we are rushing and hurrying through life, we never have to question our own motives. But when we come to the Lord's table and we pause, we pray what David prayed in Psalm 139, Lord, search me and know me. See if there's any offensive way in me. We look back. We look ahead, we look in, we examine ourselves. Verse 31, but if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. And look at verse 33. So my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. It's interesting that Paul makes that reminder to the church. You you need to wait for each other. What does that mean? Well, it means that even though this moment is personal, it's not just about the individual. When we come and celebrate communion, we look back, we look ahead, we look in, but it also forces us to take a moment to look around, to look around. Can I encourage you to do just that right now? We, We take a moment and just simply look around the room for a moment. I want you to do that. I want you to look at people who are connected to you. You may not know their name. You may not share any of the same DNA. You may not have the same haircut, hair color, or the amount of hair on your head. But guess what? They're a part of the body with you. And when we celebrate communion, it forces us to, even though I'm saved individually, I'm also saved into community. I remember I'm a part of the body. Friends, we don't just go to church, we are the church. So I think about that night that Jesus, he, he took bread and he broke it. He was giving his disciples an opportunity to, to then look back and look ahead and look in and, and look around. And today, as we focus on rest and as we focus on communion, I want us to consider Jesus' words in the Gospel of John, John chapter 19, verse 30. It says this as Jesus is there, he's hanging on the cross. It says that when Jesus had tasted it, speaking of the sponge with sour wine that the soldier had lifted up, he said, and would you repeat these three words with me? It is finished. Come on, say it again. It is finished. Three most important words when it comes to us experiencing rest. It 
is finished. Three key words of rest. It is finished. So for those of us who have been striving and laboring, trying to get ourselves cleaned up, we need to remember as Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is for you. Understand, it is for you. Jesus finished the work. It is finished. You can, communion reminds us of something important. Communion reminds us we don't work for salvation. We receive it. Jesus said, this is for you. Come on, salvation is available. New life is available. Freedom is available. Hope is available. Feast upon the work that I've done. I love going all the way back to Exodus that God commanded the people, you need to eat this meal. Why? Because tomorrow you're going to flee from Egypt and you're going to need a source for the journey. This is source for the journey. Day in, day out. Jesus, you're my source. Lord, I feast upon what you've done for me. I feast upon who you are and all you've accomplished for me. Jesus, I rest in your finished work. What a powerful reminder for us today. We don't work for salvation. Friends, we receive it. So with that in mind, would you Grab the bread today. Would you hold it in your hands? And I'm going to ask that we take a moment to bow our heads and, and reflect for a second to examine ourselves because maybe there's something that the Lord's been trying to get our attention with, but again, we, we haven't been very good at resting. We haven't been very good at, at listening, and right now is an opportunity. But as well, as I said earlier, communion isn't for perfect people. Communion is for forgiven people. Today... Maybe you're in this place or maybe you're watching online and you realize, God, I, I need forgiveness. That's my starting. I, I need to receive. Jesus, I need to make personal what you've done for me. Jesus, I want to receive this salvation. I want to receive this forgiveness. Today, if that's you, would you just simply raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment and say, yeah, that's me. I need this forgiveness. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Lots of friends. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to take a moment to pray. Jesus, I pray over every individual who raised a hand. Lord, I pray that the truth of this message, that your body broken, symbolized in this bread, it, it's for them, it's for me, it's for us, it's for this city, it's for our nation, it's for our world. Lord, thank you for the hope of salvation that we have through your life, your death, and your resurrection. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to just slow down a little bit as a church and, and rest and rejoice in this finished work. It changes everything. And so, Lord, we thank you for it today. Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. Lord, today we, we receive this work that you've done for us. In your name we pray. Let's go ahead and partake of the bread together. Scripture continues that after supper, Jesus, he took a cup, said that there was a, a new covenant, new way of relationship, 
not his blood. It was, it was more than enough to cover over our sin. You see, just like in the Exodus where the people applied the blood of the lamb to the doorposts of their home, friends, today we have the opportunity to apply the blood of Jesus to the doorposts of our hearts. Say thank you, Jesus, for allowing the wrath of God and the judgment of God against sin to to pass over. I'm, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation because of what you've done for me. So... Jesus, we thank you for this new covenant. We thank you for what this cup speaks to us today. Lord, we remember, we rejoice. As scripture declares, though our sins were once like scarlet, we've been washed as clean as pure white snow. We thank you for it today, that we get to stand before you as without a single fault. We receive it with joy and with gratitude. Let's go ahead and partake together. can't think of something more fitting for us to enter into rest than coming back to this place where we understand, Jesus, the work is finished. We look back, we look ahead, we look in, we look around, but Jesus, you accomplished what I could never accomplish for myself. And so today I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. We're going to take a few minutes before we're sent from this place, and we're going to respond in worship, but also in prayer. Some of our prayer team members are going to be scattered throughout the auditorium. There'll be some up front. There'll be some in some of the different locations in the aisles. But if there's something that we can pray with you about, let's let's practice being the body today. Amen? Let's worship the Lord together. Brandon and the team, they, they sang this beautiful song a moment ago. And this line, this declaration, let's have a meal. Let me reveal who I am. Can we just allow Jesus to reveal who he is in a fresh way to us today over the next few moments? Let's, let's worship together in this place.